Mind Vibe, a mental health podcast for everyone. Since our first episode in 2016, we have been sharing stories of recovery, engaging with experts, and tackling the stigma associated with mental illness. The Mind Vibe podcast is produced by Ontario Shores Centre for Mental Health Sciences and is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Mindvine Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Mathers, and today we are talking dementia, and in particular, dementia in our community. It's estimated, I think, by the year 2050 that there's going to be 2 million people, nearly 2 million people in Canada diagnosed with dementia. Certainly a topic in the media we're hearing more and more about. And on Ontario Shores, dementia is a big part of what we do in terms of providing care to geriatric populations. And it's also part of this unique partnership that we're going to discuss today and along with the other issues impacting dementia care. So I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Amber Burhan, our Physician-in-Chief here at Ontario Shores, and Dr. Winnie's son from Ontario Tech. Uh, thank you both for, for being here. Thank you for the invite. Maybe we can just start the conversation by, um, by talking about uh, dementia and why it's crucial that we start talking about advancing dementia care at this stage. Yeah, I know that uh, it's probably what we're going to say is not uh, brand new. The, the, uh, the challenges that we're having with, uh, with dementia has been uh, building up for, for quite a long time. Uh, and I think uh, we all know that uh, it's an illness that unfortunately uh, have not, we have not been able to avoid uh, and it is associated with, with aging. So as our population uh, age, uh, in the sense that there's more people living uh, in, in age, uh, older age group, uh, we are obviously facing that uh, diagnosis more and more. Uh, and the impact of, of a diagnosis like Alzheimer's disease or, or other forms of dementia is just uh, tremendous on the person, on their families, and on, on uh, the system of care. So really from uh, from personal perspective, as a, as a member of the society, from a care, healthcare provider perspective, researcher pr- pr- perspective, it's all... Uh, it's all important like, to address what is, what is the meaning of this to our society and, and our community. So, yeah, I agree with Dr. Uh, Burhan. You know, it's, it's very important to really look at how we can prevent or mitigate the risk of dementia. And we know that there are modifiable risk factors that, you know, it, it could help um, prevent or even slow the progression of dementia. Or some of the things that we can do for a person with dementia and their families. So what are the supports and resources that would be actually be helpful to, to the a person with dementia and, and their caregivers to actually have a better, better quality of life in the journey. So the two organizations, Ontario Tech and Ontario Shores, have, have partnered uh, to um, conduct research and um, use, utilize technology to advance care. Can you tell us about what that partnership, like the formalized partnership is and what that might mean for care in our community? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're very excited that, uh, that we got to, uh, to reach this point where we have that uh, partnership uh, formalized. Uh, uh, I'll just say a few words and invite uh, uh, Winnie to, uh, to, to add. I think as a, as a care organization, uh, Ontario Shore is a, a specialized mental health center and, and we do have uh, uh, <clears throat> in our uh, mandate to care for people who have dementia. And, and of course, we all know that uh, the care for people with dementia have uh, have been struggling in terms of the quality of care and making sure that we give people the care as soon as we can. So 
that care need uh, translated to, of course, uh, research questions in terms of what is the best way maybe to prevent it from happening, uh, treat people as early as possible, provide uh, support to, to patients and their families, and, and make sure that that's done in a way that's also sustainable. Uh, like we have the workforce that's prepared to do it and so on. So from my position as a you know, uh, clinician, as a researcher, as an administrator, uh, those questions are happening uh, every day. Now, of course, we look at our partners from Ontario Tech because they have uh, invested in, in understanding what, what, what tools that we have uh, uh, in, in our hand now or we can develop to, to facilitate this. So maybe inviting uh, Winnie to kind of comment on her um, role because that ended up being how we met on the grounds of trying to make a difference in, in, in the life of people with dementia and their families. Yeah, and, and I think the, what Ontario Tech University can bring in is the expertise in the technological innovation. So we have that um, a lot of the expertise in terms of developing innovations, new approaches, simulation, and these are the uh, approaches that we can actually use to help support person with dementia and their caregivers to have a better, you know, better quality of life. And also, as you said, talk, you talk about um, the importance of partnership with the graduate students. And we already developed a lot of partnerships between Dr. Burhan and I to supervise students to, to ex, you know, explore more, um, you know, studies to actually to look into what other research questions that's out there that is, you know, are very significant to help, you know, to help with promoting dementia care. And um, some of the graduate students take the lead on, on developing those research questions, implementing those uh, research studies, and that really helped to advance our ADCC, the, our, our center, to really to to really look into some look at some some of the leading edge research studies that would be very very beneficial to the person with dementia in the future. So you mentioned the ADCC, which is the Advancement for Dementia Care Center, um, another acronym in mental health. Who would have figured? Um, so that's the partnership between Ontario Shores and Ontario Tech. But there's going to be more to that partnership in, down the road. Um, so what is the AECC? Like, what do you envision it being, or I guess what it is, to, what it is today, and what do you envision it for the future, and what's it going to address? Right. i get you to start now. <laughs> okay, do you want me to talk about the... Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably uh, sharing some of the... Uh, um, work that we already started working on and then some of the, uh, the areas. Pillars, of, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just sorry. I, I just have to look at the pillars because that's important to showcase the pillars. So um, in the past, we already developed some technological innovations that already benefit Ontario Shores. So for example, I have been leading a project on virtual reality rem reminiscence therapy. And that is a project funded by Ontario Shores. And that the, the study really looked into how reminiscence therapy can be enhanced by virtual reality. And some of the preliminary results have been very positive. And it really, really helped enhance the um, person with dementia's mental health and well-being. So uh, that's one of the examples of, of, our, of some of the success in terms of um, you know, uh, funding coming from Ontario Shores in the past. And in the future, we do have some other research pillars that we wanted to achieve 
by the ADCC Center. So, for example, um, we, an example is to advancing some evidence-informed person-centered care um, for a person with dementia. We wanted to make sure, make sure that the, the research that we're doing is really person-centered care. That is very important. And another um, research pillar that we wanted to focus on is to promoting the quality of life and the re journey of recovery for the person with dementia, dementia and their caregivers. And the other um, research pillar that we focus on is to leverage the partnerships to build a competent dementia care workforce, which Dr. Burhan already um, you know, talked about. For example, some of the micro-credentials projects that we are currently working on right now is an example of how we are trying to leverage the partnership to build a more competent dementia care workforce to prepare for the future of um, a, a person with dementia that needs and, and, and some of these this to support the workforce planning and in, you know, in development in the future. Right. Yeah. Um, the other one that, um, the other pillar that we wanted to focus on is to develop technology enabled care to support person living with dementia and the caregivers. So really focusing on the technological enabled care interventions that would benefit the needs of a person living with dementia. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> as we said earlier, like the, um, the challenges that, that we see in our care models today um, is that there is a disproportionate um, need uh, that, that uh, people with dementia have uh, that uh, we may not be able to meet with the current uh, resources that we have. So finding a way to um, you know, enhance that uh, delivery of service through technology and, and through, but also like doing it in a, in a proper uh, scientific way so that it become valid, uh, measurable. Uh, so I think uh, when he mentioned several things, uh, so the patient themselves and her, you know, who, who's in, in, and in the care in the hospital or in the community, they, their providers, uh, but also the workforce and how do we make sure that if we have limited resources and, and, and people feel burdened by the amount of work that they have to provide, how do we actually enhance their skills but also create more opportunities for technology to assist them in provision of care. So one, one example that uh, was mentioned about virtual care uh, or virtual reality as a way to actually deliver a very um, interesting and important you know, method of treatment, which is the reminiscent therapy. So a person with Alzheimer's disease uh, tend to have a problem making new memories, uh, but they're able to uh, remember old things. And, and, and I think uh, being able to give them that comfort, to, to give them the older memories. So in this particular uh, example, instead of the person uh, have to do it uh, by kind of doing it uh, through the therapist, and, and it's, it's, you know, it requires a lot of resources, Virtual reality become a way to customize uh, and, and provide it to a wider uh, range. So if we prove that this is a valid way to deliver resistant therapy, then you can think of how much it's upscalable, or you can actually deliver it uh, at a wider scale with less resources needed, right? So, so just an example of how leveraging technology and science to make care uh, more deliver, more upscalable and, and continue to deliver the same value. You know, as you're you know, just talking about the, the work you're you're doing and, and hope to do. It just occurred to me that you know dementia, like a lot of complex mental mm. illnesses, it's, a, it's very messy, but yeah. it can be very. Uh, it would appear to me both for the the, the the individual involved, the family, 
um, the, the people in the healthcare institution that they're delivering care, it could be a very overwhelming experience. Like, are there enough, I guess what I'm trying to say is, the work the ADCC is doing and other organizations around dementia research is trying to catch up to, in terms of providing tools to treat dementia. Like, is this an area maybe where there's been gaps and like we see the tidal wave coming mm-hmm. and we need to start implementing and, and having these tools available to people because they're going to need yeah. them soon? Yeah, I mean, uh, how fast uh, we can meet the need is a, is a big, big issue. I mean, we know that we haven't even mentioned the, the issue with long-term care and, and, and how... How do we, um, you know, really re- redesign the care in, in long-term care where it is a medical facility, but it's also a home for people? And, and, and to make sure that people access uh, their personal life in the context of, uh, of a facility that is considered medically regulated facility. So you're absolutely right. The, the, there's a huge complexity to the illness itself in one person. But it's even more complex when you add to it the family needs and the complexity of family interaction than the society. And, and even our, our society is designed to accommodate the need of people with, with, the, with the disability from dementia. So there's a lot of uh, aspects to this. I don't think we can claim we can do it all, but, but at least what we can do is to start with the area that we're mandated to do, which is caring for people with uh, you know, mental illnesses, just stemming from dementia, for example, you know, like behavioral symptoms of dementia. Uh, caring for their uh, families and caregivers, and how do we actually make sure that they access that support? Now, the the center that we have uh, partnered to to create is a center that, as the solution uh, that we're developing is actually answering a, a care need question, right? So we can start at least for where we are at now. How do we maximize what we do, and how do we make sure that technology answers the question to move us from the current capacity to a bigger capacity? The, the work that, uh, that Winnie have led in terms of looking at micro-credentialing is really meant to say, if you're a nurse that have graduated and you never had a chance to actually learn anything about the care of dementia and crisis intervention, can we actually bring you that through uh, a method such as the micro-credentialing through a virtual environment, through a simulated environment? So you can see that it's going to be a diverse set of projects, but in the core of it is really care enabled by technology and, and scientific method. The start of the partnership and the work you're doing and plan to do, um, what's been the reaction from maybe the dementia community at large? Like, are they excited about what you're doing? Do you anticipate, like, the ADCC growing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, is the, what has been the response from your community about what the potential of the ADCC might be? Yeah, I, I don't know if you have... I believe that, you know, the community has been very excited about, you know, ADCC because, um, for example, the micro-credential project is we are working in collaboration with the Durham Region Long-Term Care and they, they are, they're very excited to collaborate with us to develop these micro-credentials um, modules and then looking at how these micro-credentials modules in dementia care can actually address the needs in the long-term care setting. Because as, as Dr. Burhan you know, alluded to the fact that there is a major issues in terms of recruitment and retention of long-term care workers and who are specializing in dementia care. And that because of the lack of skills and preparation, the, um, the, burn, the burnout is, is, is phenomenal. And that is a huge issue if we are not um, preparing these workers to have that skills. In the future, there will be no support in the future for 
person with dementia, dementia, and and that's that could be very problematic. So um, this micro credentials program, in collaboration with the even the, the long um, the derm derm region in long term care, it's already a, a very very good partnership, and they are really welcoming that um, that ongoing partnership for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, like the dementia field has a lot of uh, um, workers from from around the country. I mean, Toronto is very. Uh, busy place when it comes to dementia research. We have uh, different people working on different aspects. I think the way we position ourselves is really um, stay within the care orientation and, and stay within the application of, um, of technology uh, to uh, enhance care. Um, and and that, uh, that's why we coined that, you know, as Alzheimer, you know, or, or you know, advancing dementia care in particular, because we want to stay in the care and we want to stay in, in advancing and innovation. And that will allow us to be positioned very well within the bigger community. I mean, we have uh, Ontario Shore has the partnership with the Toronto Dementia Research Alliance, and it has different people doing different type of work. But this area, in terms of technology-enabled care, is an area that we have uh, ownership of, and we want to uh, partner with, with uh, Ontario Tech to actually bring to that uh, network. And, and I think uh, the reality is that uh, uh, you know we're not the only people working on technology and dementia. But if we can make it meaningful. Uh, this is relevant to enhancing the mission of care and, and enhancing caregiver inter interventions, for example. That will give us really that unique contribution. Uh, we're, we're good uh, partners and we like to be part of that network. And, and I think the reaction has been, as I agree, like a very positive and, and they, they really want to hear more about it and we want to uh, showcase it as much as we can. Yeah, another partner that we have is Alzheimer's Society of Durham Region. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they're also very excited about ADCC because in the past, their focus is on the education of dementia care, but there is a lack of research that that they're, they're, that's missing. So, you know, with our ADCC center, that would be a one important piece to fill in the gap. Is the research piece, how, you know, how to you know how to research um, in terms of the technological innovations, some of the new approaches of dementia care. So that is something that um, the community is very excited about. Where does the Living Lab fit into what the ADCC is going to be doing? Yeah, I think Living Lab is, a, is a, an interesting concept. It's um, not, not really that common in, in mental health space. I mean, I think I've seen it uh, in, in other uh, medical areas and health areas. But uh, so one, one of the ideas that Ontario Shore really have been advocating for and, and really leveraging our connection with Ontario Shore to pursue is that if we can uh, provide our care uh, environment uh, to those who are interested in developing solutions for healthcare problems, right? But create a bit of clarity in terms of the principles, like making sure that uh, people who are developing a technological solution, for example, are aware what does it take to actually safely implement this in a healthcare system. Uh, worrying about confidentiality, about uh, you know approvals uh, by by regulatory bodies. So the living lab is really a concept to say that we will offer a safe uh, way to interact with, with, uh, with the innovators and give them the opportunity to test their solutions as long as it's done under uh, supervision of scientists and clinicians to make sure that it's done safely and uh, with the safeguards to protect uh, patients and families from any undue harm, right? So I think uh, a center like ours will be, uh, once we you know, continue to add more uh, value to it, it will be an attractive place to innovators to say, you know, for this particular problem, I think my solution might fit. 
uh, what do I do now to test it, to validate it, to upscale it, and maybe to market it down the road? I think that openness to, to that process is important. But as I mentioned, I'll emphasize again, safeguards are important and make sure that people are being protected through that process so that we don't uh, lose track of the main mission of the hospital and, and health system to care for people. Yeah. yeah, the other thing I want to add to that is the Living Lab is really also about not just the development, and that during the development process is the co-designing with the patients and the caregivers. We wanted to develop something that is not from the researchers' perspectives, but from the users' perspectives. And that is a very key principle. Um, and also the implementation, really focusing on how do we promote the reach and adoption, right? We want to create something that the users will actually use them and not creating something that, you know, is not usable, right? So that is also the key focus of our work is the scale-up, right? How do we promote that scaling up? of that technological or new approaches. Mm -hmm. In terms of the ADCC, what do you hope that this partnership may achieve in the next year, next couple of years, even five years out? What do you anticipate some of your milestones being? Yeah, yeah I, th I think uh, probably our first milestone was to, uh, to, to reach this point where we have uh, a center and we have already established uh, joint uh, projects and, and, and working together in a, in a committee that, that uh, help us kind of organize ourselves. I think, you know, now that we have this, I think the first year would be to see if some of these projects that we initiated are actually showing the progress that we're anticipating. Uh, but I, I hope that eventually it become an ongoing, uh, you know, I guess challenge, solution, implementation, and scaling solution. So, so basically a challenge come up from a question that, uh, you know, consumers ask or we ask. And by the way, when I refer to consumers, it's really patients, families, providers, uh, you know, funders, I mean, uh, all of us are in, 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 a, in this situation. We, we may ask a question to say, what is the best way of delivering this particular service? So that challenge needs to be met by a solution, inviting maybe some of the innovators to come up with these ideas and finding a way to vet that. So all this uh, is now in the beginning, but I'm hoping that in two years it will be a solid and we'll get a, a stream of, of these uh, kind of these cycles. And in five years, I really would love to see us internationally known for this, to say that this center is not only um, scientifically uh, great, but also they, they have the immediate implementation of uh, the science and the solution to uh, the care model, and that the, uh, the upscalability of this is so easy to see, right? It's, a, it's something that translates very quickly to a, something that we can actually share with the world. Yeah, I agree with um, Dr. Burhan. What you said about um, making an impact, mm -hmm. right? We wanted our center to make an impact, and a lot of our future research study will not only focus on the development of the technology, but also focusing on how this technology um, make an impact and transform the lives of person with dementia. So we'll do some more research about clinical research to study that impact. And the other um, important thing that I envision it's important for our center is the policy impact too. Mm -hmm. So right now we are focusing on the technolo technological innovation and interventions, but in the future we wanted to focus on how our ADCC can position ourselves in a more pol policy-oriented state so that we can actually um, influence the policy of uh, dementia care. And that would make a bigger impact mm -hmm. for the lives of the person with dementia and the caregivers. If 
if people or organizations in the community want to learn more about um, this partnership, the ADCC, what can they do? Where should they go? Yeah, I'm hoping that we now have a, a starting, very good starting point, which is our website that uh, I'm hoping that's going to be uh, launched uh, soon and seem to look very good from what I've seen. And, and I'm hoping that this will be a, at least a placeholder for uh, giving people update on what's happening, but also you know, coming back to the point that uh, Winnie had made, really inviting people to be part of the co-design because it's not enough for us to come up with genius idea, test it, and then now launch only to find out that people are not even, you know, interested in it or they didn't, they didn't like aspects of it. So I think inviting people uh, in, a, in a mutual, bi-directional way to actually see what we do, hopefully through that website. But maybe, I mean, eventually we, we want to do some kind of community engagement uh, Opportunity. So every time we have the opportunity to speak to uh, Alzheimer's Society or, or learners, of course, a big, big vehicle of connection to the community. Uh, so it's really multiple channels, but really the website and events like this where you get us to uh, share our, our uh, thoughts, uh, you know, in, in, in a place that people can, can watch. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that we definitely wanted to do is the um, stakeholder a committee asking people to join in some of our stakeholder committees to offer their input and expertise um, to you know to provide us with some of the insights into our future work. Yeah. So that would be really really useful. That's excellent addition. One thing that I mentioned is is uh, uh, trying to find opportunities to to speak to a wider audience. So I think uh, you know your point about actually inviting people to be part of our committee is definitely. A, more substantial, but I think, like for example, we're we're going to be speaking to the uh, citywide round in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Toronto. Actually, we're going to be talking about a lot of the projects that the center has created. So, it gives us a chance to speak to the the whole community of people working in the in the field, and that will also invite people to connect with us and, and either collaborate or participate in in the co design um, and and so on. So, uh, we're going to use every opportunity. That, that, that's a, that's the bottom line. The, the website's DementiaResearch.ca, um, the one that you referenced. Uh, you two are essentially the drivers of this from your both organizations. Uh, obviously, Dr. Sun from Ontario Tech, you from Ontario Shores, you're the ones that are uh, leading this kind of partnership. What inspires both of you to keep doing this work? <laughs> A lot, I guess. I don't know if you want to start today. Or... Do you want to start? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's for myself, it's actually really interesting. I, I actually um, read two books from an author that inspired me mm -hmm. to go into this work. And um, this book is called What I Wish People Knew About Dementia from Someone Who Know. Mm -hmm. And it's by Wendy Mitchell. Um, she also wrote another book called Somebody I Used to Know. So those two books really talk about how she had an early onset dementia in her late 50s. And that she now has dementia for about um, eight years now. And she talks about how um, these two books can help people understand what it feels like to have dementia from the inside. Mm. And, and I think that's very inspirational to me because as a researcher, sometimes I look at the facts, I looked at the numbers, but what about the lived experiences mm -hmm. of the individual? Um, their perspectives is truly what it matters and the essence of um, research to me. So um, I'm, I'm truly inspired by this, those two books. That's how I got into this work. Yeah, that's amazing. I know that uh, 
you know, like my, my journey in, in medicine was, was really not uh, uh, geared toward dementia. I started looking at uh, medicine as a field of, you know, science and, and uh, you know, helping people. And then I got into neuroscience and the brain, and I was very interested in brain and behavior. Uh, but uh, over time, um, these experiences became more and more personal because I, I started seeing, uh, in fact, in retrospect, I, I, I learned that my grandmother, who lived in another country, developed dementia and, and ended up uh, living in a long-term care and passing away there. Uh, and then, you know, so it ended up being closer and closer to home. And now my, uh, some of my other family members, my mother-in-law is dealing with, with that illness. And so seeing it initially as a more of a scientific, technical thing and intellectual thing, and then gradually start seeing, well, it's really not that far from all of us. And then you start asking this yourself, you know, what's going to happen to me when I get to that age and, and, and asking those important questions. So it, it became not only uh, an intellectual pursuit, it became a personal uh, involvement. And I have to say as well that when you think about um, recovery and understanding the person uh, behind the illness, I think some of those uh, amazing um, uh, you know, books and, 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 and movies, for example, Still Alice is a, is, a, is a book that I read and I saw the movie as well. And then the most uh, recent one is uh, The Father by, by Anthony yeah. Hopkins. So that depiction of what experience of that person, it really added much more depth to, to the science. You know? So while I still enjoy the science and the cells and what's happening in the networks, and I will continue to leverage that to help people, uh, knowing that there's a person there and speaking to them as, as people and, and they want to their families and what they're going through is really... And I've seen you know, some of the stories from our patients and their caregivers, they're inspirational, like a person who cares for their loved one till the last minute and they don't want to you know, let go and you have to give them permission to say, maybe it's time because you're, you're already exhausted. So every person has been an inspiration for me like throughout the, the uh, journey of, of care. Well, it's been an inspiring conversation. Uh, thank you both for being here and sharing about uh, the ADCC, this partnership, and uh, the work that you're doing and the work that we hope to do. Oh, thank you very much for having us.